0: Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings. That's right. America's top rated sports book. Use that promo code CHGO when you sign up. And we are four wide for a Tuesday afternoon podcast. 120 always live on YouTube. Or if you're listening on the podcast, we enjoy that too. Hello to everybody in the chat. Luke Stuckmeyer, Ryan Herrera, Michael Cerami. Don't call him Cerami, please. And and Cody Del Mendo. Uh, We got Bleacher Nation in the house. Good to have you, man.
1: Hey, thanks. I'm glad to be here. I've been you're waiting not, to come on the show.
2: You're not Brian. I'm not yeah, Brian. i <laughs> Brian a couple times. Brian <laughs> is...
1: He's the man. he That guy <laughs> knows his stuff.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know your stuff. What are you talking about? Yeah,
1: well, just because I take oh, what yeah. he writes, <laughs> and I just... I changed the author name. <laughs> the last few
2: days, i we've been... Or the last few shows, we've we thrown out the hint for you, and I've said every time that we have a huge Ian Happ fan <laughs> on the show. Like, I always enjoy your Ian Happ tweets. Yeah, okay.
1: I feel vindicated uh after years of promoting ian happ as the guy he was this year that it just took this season he you know put him in left field let him do his thing and he hit uh from both sides of the plate hit for uh enough power in the second half and all-star you know gold club recognition Mm -hmm. um I I felt really good about it. I felt I felt like a proud papa in a way. (laughs)
0: Yeah, but you are a proud papa too.
1: I am now a proud papa for real. I had a a baby son, a little less than a month ago, October fourth.
0: That's awesome. Um,
1: His name's Leo. He's doing great.
0: See, so two out of four people on the panel today are exhausted. (laughs) That's That's the way. I'm exhausted for other reasons. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. out all night and gambling.
2: You know. Yeah, right. I I I I that'll wear you out. You want a parlay. I had a great Monday. Yeah, I won a parlay. I didn't lose a bet on Monday night football. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you celebrate these moments. <laughs> yeah, no, I was it's... out
3: fighting crime all night. So. Oh, that's sorry, Batman. Oh, yeah. Yes, I forgot that Batman now was getting, out
2: eating and drinking justice. Yeah, uh,
3: eating and drinking justice, of course. Now I'm, to, <laughs> now I'm back to now I'm back to Bruce. And we went from
0: superheroes. We went back to our C H O swag, the dope <laughs> merch, of course. Dope merch. Dope merch. Uh,
2: get the get those new sweatshirts. The bulls and Paris I still have ones. to get those. I, I got, got, got the camo one. Got the, one. I got the bulls one last night. I was laying in bed, couldn't sleep, and I was like, Oh, I haven't got this yet. I'm gonna buy this.
0: Were you guys disappointed? No World Series game last night? Mm. I wasn't. It was Halloween. It was yeah. kinda like, I'm cool.
1: Yeah. I uh was it's my mom's my mom's birthday is Halloween and mine's the 29th. ninth is a couple of days ago. Happy birthday. So we were double celebrating last night and I was like, I'm gonna have to come home after the party, start the game over, or start from the beginning for the podcast. But now I'm good. <laughs> I we have nothing I didn't miss anything. There
0: you go. Yeah, I will pick out. it up. We'll see what happens. I are We've talked about the whole Schwarber thing, Castellanos, Dusty. Uh if you had to root for somebody or not root for somebody, what what would your path be on that? We're kind of all different on it. Like
1: Yeah, so I don't have a ton of like hate for the Astros the way I did, but a couple years ago it just kinda has waned a little bit. Um, but I'm I mean, I want the Phillies to win. I'm I am a big Kyle Schwarber fan, it's a big Bryce Harper fan, big Nick Castianos fan. Uh what's his name? This is the dad brain. Cubs closer. David Robertson. David Robertson. Uh I liked him. I thought he was great. I also thought he was hilarious like around July when he was already as a, well, I'm gonna be traded. Like just like <laughs> forecasting it. Just hoping he gets to the right team. I yeah. wanna see him do well. Phillies fans are insane, so that's kinda fun. I I'm, I'm all about I'm all about the Phillies and it's but it's not it's not the Astro hate thing that I think yeah. is kind of I think it's died down a little bit. Yeah,
3: I think I think I'm the only one on this. Whole show right now that's on the Astros side of it. i i just want Dusty to win a ring. I think he yeah. deserves it as manager. Thirty I'm okay. years. I'm okay
2: with the Dusty part of it. You have been on the Astros since the postseason started. Yeah, I flipped to the Astros when I we learned who's going to be in the World Series. So
3: it's just about Dusty. I like Dusty. I think he's a good manager, and I think when you spend thirty years in the game, well, because he won as a player, of course, but when you spend thirty years managing and not, not winning a World Series, you get to a point where you deserve it, especially when it's like the Astros are, are, are rallying around him and they know how much it would mean to him to, to win a ring. That's kind of the reason why he took that job in Houston after all the the, the, the sign stealing, That's the whole scandal went down, that like, okay, well, Dusty Baker is still a good team, still a team that had you know just been to the NLCS again the last year, or ALCS, sorry, uh, again the last year. Uh, it kind of felt like Dusty's like, okay, this is opportunity to win a ring. It's a it's a job that is going to come with a lot of hate and a lot of heat, but it's also an opportunity to win a ring. So I'm like, he
2: took a lot of heat when he was in Washington too.
3: That too, yeah. I mean, it was he took I heat. I forgot everywhere. he was yeah. even there. He took yeah, heat I mean, everywhere yeah. he went. Cincinnati, <laughs> yeah.
2: like he took a lot of heat Chicago whenever the Cubs won and in, in 2017 beat the beat them. And I didn't. I mean, maybe in pre, before Game Five, maybe he deserved some criticism. But like. I don't know, man. I think that game went perfectly for the Nationals. They just didn't win that game.
1: I, I think the Cubs got extremely <laughs> lucky that game. Yeah, that that inning Scherzer sure. came in. Yeah, it was like it, it couldn't have been. It was like Cardinals voodoo magic. But we got it, <laughs> or, and then then it all just went away. And then I'll us. Yeah. Yes. But uh, yeah, I remember that. I, I I I don't know. Dusty has been. I think I I think I sort of got to a point where I put him in my rearview mirror, like after the Cubs even though he has been around the game longer since then. And when the Astros hired him, it sort of felt like, you know, and I think the Astros are a smart organiz- organization, uh, you know, setting aside the sign stealing, they're still successful. They have a ton of great player development. When they hired him, it sort of felt like I needed to, it, I, I was like offended that I needed to like reassess what I thought <laughs> was the right type of manager. Cause I would have been like, well, I'm never hiring Dusty Baker in 2019 whatever it was yeah. that he jumped yeah. ship 2028 maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, And so then I was sort of stuck, and I was like, okay, so we got this younger. The Cubs went this younger route with David Ross, inexperienced, plenty of experience in the game, an experienced manager, didn't coach in the minors or anything like that. Um, he really fits the mold of like being able to translate the newer side of baseball to the players. A lot of things that a lot of smart organizations are doing, and the Astros go and hire Dusty, and I, I was mentally like pairing it with like the Sox getting Larusa. I was kind of like, what are they doing? Like that—that's dumb. And then it worked out, and now I'm kind of like, well, am I dumb? Like, you know, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think that's what I'm—I'm kind of like, I want him to lose because I'm like, I—I want to save a little bit of. Uh, <laughs> I think
2: Dusty's a a good players manager, though. I feel like yeah. that's kind of been his thing, and that's why he's been able to transition with how the game has changed over the years. While La Russa didn't manage for like a decade. <laughs> yeah. That's right. true. But I mean, you know dun- what
0: I think it is really. It, it's whatever that particular group of guys needs. Like Joe Madden was the right guy at the right time. Would he be right for this group? I don't know. Would he be right for the White Sox right now? I don't know. But it just, that's what they ha- each team has to identify. What type of manager do you need? And usually they flip back and forth. It's no different than football, right? Like, oh, we need a defensive coach this time. No, we need an off. No, oh, what you need is a good coach, and he needs to somehow – Reach to these teams and these players what they happen to need at that time and in the stage they're at in their careers.
3: Yeah, and that's another thing when when you mentioned how the Astros are still a good organization, sign stealing scandal aside, like the Sox made a bad choice picking Tony Larusa. Mm-hmm. The Astros obviously did their homework and uh, picked uh, Dusty Baker, and it was was weird at the time. Everyone like, universally like it was like, you know, is this the right move? It turned out that it was just because he's, like Cody said, a player's coach and a guy that these guys can rally around, but also knows the ins and outs of the game. Can also, you know, has been around so many different cultures play in his time in baseball that he can connect with every single one of those players on that team. That I think that could, there was so many guys that, you know, Bregman and Altuve are obviously still there, but then Correa, Verlander, like all these guys that knew how to win already. He, they didn't they didn't need him to like help them help guide oh. them to winning he needed you a, a, need a manager that let them be themselves let them play how they play but also younger guys like your friend Bervaldez is of the world also as they come up he can connect with them on on a level that helps that guy helps guide them to, to championship level baseball while these other players already know how to do that and i think well, that's what But it, that's setting
1: it aside if it worked whether it worked out or not i think you're right about all that i i the part i forgot to mention do you think at the time they thought that was the re- they thought all of that and that's why they hired him or was he like a known quantity stabilizing presence in the middle of yes. their giant scandal and it was like half like you know 50 percent distraction 50 percent. no one's gonna question dusty because yeah. it's dusty yeah. and like that feels like the wrong it's like they were re- rewarded for the wrong reasons like maybe they those all those other things were Worked true out. but it doesn't feel like that's why they actually did hire him at the time it really yeah. felt like it was Here's another distraction, like, another way we can be like, oh, look over here, it's Dusty Baker. Like, yeah, and you,
3: know? you bring some goodwill with Dusty Baker. Yeah, as well. yeah. exactly.
1: That's and,
0: true. And against, like, La Russa, the difference is Tony La Russa was gone from the game for, like, 10 years. Mm. Dusty's been in it. like Because yeah.
3: he's competing. What, he didn't manage for, like, a year, maybe? Is yeah. uh-huh. it, like, in between Reds and Nationals, maybe? Or was it after Nationals, like, a year in that whole decade mm-hmm. that he didn't manage? So, yeah. but, yeah, no, I, I agree with that, too. I, I, I do remember at the time, like, there was a speculation on that. It's like, okay, they – Brought in Dusty Baker because he's Dusty Baker. Not yeah. not because maybe maybe not as much because he's a guy that can lead him to another World Series, but okay, this is a guy that knows how to answer questions and and isn't involved right. in the science yeah. dealing and will, you know, we'll we'll at least bring some goodwill and positivity because people like Dusty Baker.
0: We're not cheating. In Dusty, you can trusty.
3: That's what they were really <laughs>
0: thinking. All right, how do we get the Cubs? Back to the World Series. That's what we really want to know. Like, this it, is great, Phil. Right? Yeah. This is a Cubs show. <laughs> Kodai Senga, officially a free agent, 30 years old. What do you like about this possibility in free agency for the Cubs? Because I think most people, if you have a wish list, right, for what the Cubs need this offseason, and it's been delayed potentially by this rain delay yesterday just a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Pitcher, a starting pitcher, at least one of them is on that list. At least one because of what Kyle Hendricks has gone through um, and, and just needing another frontline starter. I don't know enough about him other than I like 96 for a fastball. I like some of the things I've seen. He's 30. He fits in that target range that it's not, you don't have to teach him from the very beginning. And he's been very successful. You just don't know how it translates. What do you like about this guy? as a possibility for the Cubs in free agency.
1: Yeah, so I like I like him a lot. Uh, I think the Cubs need two starting pitchers this offseason, mm-hmm. and I think Senga is the kind of guy you can go out and get uh, early who might project to the middle of your rotation that gives you some grace to go big game hunting for mm-hmm. your top of the rotation starter, whoever it may be. You know, Carlos Rodon is a pretty interesting option, has some drawbacks, but there's other guys out there too. You get Senga, you have another guy that's just like, this is a guy that most likely um, will fit into the middle rotation, three, four, and extend it a lot. Um, what I like about him the most, I think, is he's got four uh, st- uh, big league quality pitches, three of which are considered plus. The one that's not is his 96-mile-an-hour fastball. So if that's your worst pitch, then you're starting from a pretty good foundation, um, especially with what I – Perceived to be a pretty improved pitching development infrastructure with the Cubs. Um, His uh, forkball, it's also called a splitter, is awesome. I mean, it is absolutely devastating. Mm -hmm. If you go back and look at some clips when he deployed it in the World Baseball Classic a couple years ago, a few years ago, it was like, oh, that's a big league caliber Mm -hmm. wipeout pitch. And so although you wouldn't ever want this to be the case, with four pitches, three of them are plus and one like that and 96-mile-an-hour fastball, you have, at minimum, a floor of a guy who could be one of those impact multi-inning relievers if it absolutely doesn't work out. And I'm saying that like, like in the worst-case scenario. like I think he will be a good starting pitcher, not a top-of-the-rotation guy, but a good one. And if, for some reason, the translation to the United States doesn't quite work, which is, we got to be honest, it, it's not a sure thing. It doesn't yeah. always work like that. Um, if it doesn't work, then you have a guy that is still going to be able to contribute, and I don't think um, he's going to cost – He's not going to be prohibitively expensive um in part because of he's had some injury issues in the past in part because he's coming over from a different league um but also because he is not uh unlike um a suzuki he's not going to require a posting fee uh he's just a true free agent so you can have him um immediately no posting fee that was about 15 14 15 million for yeah. Sayo, and also no uh comp pick uh no you know quality he's not attached to a qualifying offer so Unlike Carlos Rodan, who you have to give up your second-round pick, some IFA money, bonus pool space in the draft, you get Senga for just the money you give him. And if there's anything this Cubs team should be doing mm-hmm. right now is taking chances when they require only money. There's nothing else they're giving up. So if you get a middle rotation, uh, rotation guy who's got a little bit of upside but a solid enough floor for only money, and he can set you up for bigger swings in free agency, that's a, kind of a perfect storm for, uh, from where I mm-hmm. stand. And it's
3: yeah. not our money.
0: That's the best part. Yeah. You know, somebody else's.
3: Yeah, they win that Powerball. They have plenty of money to spend That's what right? I'm
0: saying. Powerball's one3 bildo at this point. It rolled over. I had two tickets last night, by the way. So if you won the $1.3 billion, and let's say you have to give some of it to making the Cubs a better team to go into the World Series, how much of it would you spend on a player? Or what would you spend? Let's let's say Tom Ricketts wins the one point three billion. What should he spend? Well, what, does, what, he need I, what, does, does he need it? What what should the wish
2: list be <laughs> for? I think we'd all be pretty mad if he's the one who wins it. But <laughs> well, you know. like, let's if I got if I got one point three billion, <laughs> if I'm he were to win and that, and then and this cast, roster doesn't improve, people people will be rioting.
0: <laughs> that's right. You're, you're right. They would. I don't know. One point three billion can buy a lot of stuff. Yeah, a lot of stuff. I I just think what for me, you, I still. I mean, I'll say it a thousand times. I'd still, I'd get in the bidding war for Aaron Judge. Yeah. I, I personally would, but I know not everybody's in on that. Right.
2: What, what, what do you, what do you project him like saying, like the type of contract that he will get?
1: Sure. I mean, so listen, there's better people out there than me to do this sort of projection, but I have a, I have a general sense. Um, I think it's probably going to be in that sixty to eighty million dollar range. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I. You know, I, I don't see it being much more. I could see it being less because there was a new scouting report out that just came out on him recently, and it, it kind of shined a little bit more light on some of his injuries in the past. And I don't have any information on the significance of those injuries. So that could impact it a little bit, you know, and so I'm not quite sure. But I think he might be in that $60, 80000000 million range. And for a 30 year old starting pitcher, you know, that's totally fine, you mm-hmm. know, especially when you have Justin Steele and Marcus Stroman already in the rotation, that's a pretty solid floor for the Cubs, and they're not overspending on the rotation. Um, and, in, in fact, we think they should go out and spend more on a, on a more expensive, better Absolutely. pitcher. Um, I know Brett, my partner at Bleacher Nation, is really, really into the Jacob deGrom idea. I mm-hmm. don't think it's I'm particularly likely. with, <laughs> or with But I do see um, – <laughs> I don't think DeGrom's going to want the Cubs is yeah. going to be the problem. I think it's in a, in a lot of weird ways he does fit – the financial uh terms that jed hoyer likes to play on which is he is all in on short-term deals he mm-hmm. does not care I, this is going to sound like you know heresy to some cubs fans listening he is not a guy that cares about the overall dollars going in the deal it's way more about the length mm-hmm. of these deals so when you're looking at the Graham, who's going to try to fit the mold of the Max Scherzer deal is the general rumor, something along those lines. I actually do think that's a thing that could work out for the Cubs, um, not only because they have the short-term dollars available and potentially another year or two where there's some of these players are going to be coming up, but also because they have so many uh, young pitching prospects coming up through the system where your rotation might be top-heavy in, in financial resources in two years, but then it'll, like, swing back the other way when these rookie pitchers are coming up Mm -hmm. on their, you know, pre-arb deals. So Mm -hmm. I I could see DeGrom being the type of guy that makes sense, too, just because, unlike Rodan, who might want five, six years, um, that's, you know, the type of deal that Jed Hoyer seems to prefer.
0: I mean, both guys, whether it's Sango or DeGrom, you get some injury history there. I I saw Rodan comes with...
2: But injury Senga was injury.
0: elbow tightness was one of the injuries at some point, yeah. right? Um,
1: and, like, ankle, and then there was one other thing. I mean,
0: the elbow tightness would be the one that really would be like, oh, uh, let's keep an eye on it. But every pitcher is going to have something. You know, mm-hmm. There's you can't find a pitcher that doesn't have some sort of ache or pain throughout a season where they have something going on. The concern would be that you have somebody like Kyle Hendricks who you just have no idea what to expect, although the reports so far have been positive about – what he's been trying to rebuild. I speak got a super, super chat.
2: chat. Yeah, Fernando Rodriguez dollar ninety nine says hello, crew. Go
3: Cubs. That's all. Thanks, all right. Fernando. Hell yeah, I love it. Appreciate you, man. Fernando, isn't there? Wasn't there Fernando Rodriguez that pitched in the major? I'm thinking of who am I thinking of? Fernando Valenzuela. No, I think it's another.
1: Oh, Fernando Tatis. <laughs> no.
3: <laughs> who? What was K Rod's K-Rod? first name? K Rod. Uh, yeah. He wasn't. Wasn't Fernando. Frankie. Was was it Francisco, Francisco, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. you yeah. got close me. But you said
1: it, then I was like, wait, no, it was for near- no. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah no, no, close enough, but yeah, thank you for the super chat. Um, uh, but but I was, anyway, I was gonna say you got you got the one point three billion if it's Jacob deGraw.
1: Well, yeah, wait, first of all, talks. it's one point yeah. three billion. You <laughs> signed all the guys, right? Right. Uh, I mean, I
0: get us nicer chairs here for uh, sure. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, seriously, leather.
1: Uh, you could one point three billion. You could. Almost afford three Juan Soto's, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, you know. exactly. It's not even f- not even three of <laughs> the <apartments>. No, <laughs> almost. What,
2: what do you, uh, speaking of Juan Soto, what about Shoei? You think the Cubs could actually be in on some, someone like that?
1: So um yeah, that's always obvious, that's obviously gonna come down to um, the Angels willing willingness to uh, trade him. And it's like it's weird because in some ways, I want to be like, well, we have no idea how that's going to play out. But in other ways, it literally just happened with the Nationals. Mm-hmm. They're selling. Juan Soto is their big, giant, marketable player. The problem is Shohei Ohtani has even more marketability uh, and revenue-generating capabilities than Juan Soto. And so he has like a, a pretty direct impact on the value of the Angels in a, in a real way. Um, so I'm not certain, unlike the case with the Nationals and Soto that the Angels will be so willing to move on. Um, frankly, it seems pretty smart that they should, yeah. but part of that is probably being animated by the fact that I want the Cubs to go after him. <laughs> and I do think that if he is
2: actually available,
1: do. <laughs> I do think the Cubs could be involved, but I also think that injuries to Brennan Davis, Alexander Canario, yep. um, Miguel Amaya, uh, Braylon Marquez had a slow year. It's like those are kind of going to impact and limit the Cubs' flexibility to make some trades, um, especially because a lot of those guys were like near-term, big-ready pieces where their value is a little outsized to their prospect status. And so, you know, it's just going to be a little bit more difficult for the Cubs to pull off a trade like that. That said, I still do think they could. We also know Otani liked Chicago. He was one of the... Chicago was one of the finalists when he first came over, the only non-West Coast finalist at the time. And um, so, presuming there would be extension discussion before any trade was completed. Yep. Um, that might be something that can get over the hump. Um, and that also works in the Cubs' favor because if, you know, they're only going to do a trade – if they're on, if any team that would trade for him would only trade for him if he would extend, then they're going to have to find a team that Otani would be willing to extend with. Um, so it's not like a no-trade clause, but it kind of could work in a similar way. Yeah. So um, I, think it's, I think it's possible – that they make them available and I think it's possible that the Cubs become interested. And I think it's possible that they have enough to get it done. But when we start multiplying the probabilities, it starts getting pretty low.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. it's possible I win the
2: Powerball. <laughs> I keep telling myself. You're saying that. there's a chance. Yeah, there's a <laughs> the shot. Thing. I was
1: just the the meme version yeah. of yeah. that in real
2: life. So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it extensively about like what the type of package it would be to get a guy like that and I've been someone who thinks that the Cubs would just have to send a bunch of guys on the farm, and those guys have said, you'd probably have to do that and send a major league player. Where where, where does that where, – where do you think, if the Angels were to actually do that, to trade them what, to whoever team, like, are you think they're going to demand more prospects or are they going to want a major league guy who's proven ready to go? The guy we
0: hey, talked about here, was Nico. We, we said a, they would never do the trade he, without Nico. Here's a
3: better question as Ty says, Cody. Cody doesn't think the Cubs would have to trade Nico to get show me and Luke were on the other side. That, but I, I do get his, his part start. where he
0: says they're running out of time to do it. Like,
1: yeah. Um, so those are, I love the context of this question. So I think first of <laughs> all, um, I've seen some people suggest that it'll cost more to trade for Otani than it would for Soto, and I think that's in completely incorrect. I think it. I think the Soto trade is the the ceiling, so you could start to work backwards from there. Um, but I think any trade for a guy like Otani is necessarily going to have to include at least one big league ready piece or existing big leaguer. Again, that's sort of where I was going with my last point. Whereas if Brennan Davis had come up last year and was already playing and and had some success, and it was like well, is he a prospect or is he a big leaguer? It's kind of doesn't really change, you know. Um, I do think Nico Horner is the type of the tier of talent that we might be thinking, but frankly, I think right now Justin Steele has the most trade value on the Cubs and might be the type of guy that if any big, huge trade, like something for Shoei Otani, not a, like a a still impressive, solid, exciting trade. I don't know, Shane Bieber or something. You're not going to include Justin Steele in that, but, if it was for something like that, I think Justin Steele is the kind of guy that people are going to ask about a little bit more than what other people are realizing. Um, Nico had a great season. He was awesome. And he looks like he's going to be awesome, but he's also already arbitration eligible three years, more of control only. Um, he's had a ton of injuries in the past. Some fluky, some chronic. I mean, they just have been, you can't just look over that. That's going to be part Mm -hmm. of the calculus. So, um, there's no question that he has a lot of trade value, but I think I, going through that process of coming up with trade packages for Juan Soto at the trade deadline in my head, like what would it do? What would it take? I think Nico has more value to the Cubs than he would in a trade to another team. Um, I also think we're probably within months of the Cubs extending him. Um, That's not me reporting anything. I have no No. information. I just, I have a very strong sense that that's where they're headed, that they're going to extend him, And I don't think he's going to be part of any trade uh, in the near term anyway. um, Even if it, his name came up. Um, I just think that the Cubs plan yeah. on building around him.
3: Yeah, and one, I do know, like, especially at Jets, um, you know, end of season press conference, kind of asked about uh, in-house extensions and, and specifically about guys like Nico and and Ian Happ. Um, and that, you know, that's kind of one obviously one of the issues and the criticisms that they faced this last time around, not being able to extend really anyone. I mean, Rizzo got it a while back. Kyle got it in 2019, I think. But other than that, nothing else happened. Um and and, you know, Jed has talked about wanting to you know, looking into that kind of stuff, trying to get some of those across the finish line like they, you know, like they didn't unlike they did I don't know what I'm trying to say here. They didn't do that last time. (laughs) There you go. Um and and talking to him and and seeing how, you know, they how much the front office values Nico and the coaching staff how how much they value Nico and even the rest of the players, how much they value Nico. Um I, I I would assume that of all the guys especially arbitration eligible guys. I know there's a couple guys a few years away, but like Nico heading into this year, like that's probably the priority. Number one is to extend Nico uh, yeah. above, above anyone else.
1: I think it is. Um, I, I also feel, well, um, so the Ian Happ extension conversation is, is a tricky one. Um, and in part because of the prospects that are percolating up to the system, PCA, PCA is going to start a double a Canario and Davis. Um, are going to be a triple A to start the year. Well, Canario. Well, we, we hope
0: was, at I mean, some point.
1: Yeah. Um, unfortunately I think if I, I know someone who works in a different major league, uh, the medical side of things and from the outside with no inside information at all, just like the nature of the injuries, like, it's like going to be an all-star break thing. If, if everything goes well just because of the nature of both surgeries, mm-hmm. that's just, Again, not specific to him um, because he doesn't—he's not with the Cubs. But that type of injury, that type of rehab, that type of surgery—both yep. surgeries. Um, anyway, Brennan Davis has been dealing with injuries. So, um, NPCA, yeah, maybe he comes up at some point next year if he, if everything goes perfectly well. When you look at Ian Happ, he's already under control for next year. So, had he been a free agent, I think there would be a lot more urgency this past spring and the season to get something done to cover the Cubs for next year. Now it's like, even when though those guys are all injured, HAP is already going to be around for next year. So if they wanted to instead go and get a Brandon Nemo in free agency or something, I think that I I just think that HAP extension isn't going to be the priority, but I Mm -hmm. feel like they've been. And the whole point of this is I feel like the Cubs have been sort of implying that it is going to be part of the, Offseason, season off agenda like they're finally going to get to a place where they can talk about an extension with hap and i think just from his public comments we all can tell that hap would be happy to stay in chicago yeah. i mean he's made that pretty clear he had a great season he he created a new baseline by completely transforming what type of player he is especially offensively but you know also in left field so it seems like the cubs should be willing to extend him given all those other factors the people getting injured but I don't think they're going to because I think they're going to say, we already got him for next year. See you later after that. We're going to, we're gonna you know, sign somebody and let the prospects come up naturally. I think it's a little bit of a risk, but I think that's where they're headed.
2: Yeah. Oh. I like the Nimmo uh, thought because he was like, the Cubs were like, uh, I don't even, it was like in the middle of the year. I remember there's Heyman, rumors. Hamer, rumors. Yeah, or Heyman had like a, a, a rumor or whatever. I know that's iffy sometimes, but like, he said something about how the Cubs were interested in him. And like, I, I, I do like the type of player he is. And uh, yeah. they, they need, they need a type of guy like that, who because you can't rely yeah. on a guy like Brennan Davis and obviously not Canario now, like you, you don't want to go into next year hoping that a prospect is going to be able to carry you for a full year. You got to have a backup plan. I think that he'd be a really solid. one. plus, you know, he's proven and he'd be a, a good vet for some of the young guys too. So I like, I like that idea. Of someone like him, that's not someone that's not someone I'd really been thinking about lately. You yeah, don't need Nimo if you've got Judge. <laughs>
0: Come fair on now, fair. Stick with me. Yeah, that's, well, the other, Judge. that's the other. That, thing that's the other. That's actually is one he's of gonna, our comments. He's
1: going to have a long. He's going to require a long contract, and the Cubs yeah. are just not going to give it to him. No, I. Yeah, you know that, what I mean. Well, like well, that is I think
0: of, that's the le- of all the plans we're putting out there and, and spitballing yeah. ideas. I think Judge is the most unlikely. And Otani is number two.
3: Yeah. Well, I do
2: like the idea of if the Dodgers are full in on Aaron Judge, then perhaps yes. they won't sign Trey Turner or uh, tender Cody Bellinger a contract. And I, I saw your article that you wrote at Bleacher Nation about the idea of Cody Bellinger with the Cubs. And we talked about that last week. I think that is more, I think that there's actual likelihood of, of that happening, whether it's one of them or how both of them would be cool.
0: <laughs> you know I what like I mean? the possibility though, because of these injuries, like he gives right. you some flexibility to play some different positions yeah, too.
1: Well, sure. uh, Cody Bellinger. Yes. Is. Cody. Bellinger. Yeah. I mean, what do the Cubs need? They need a center fielder. They need left-handed power. They need a first baseman possibly. Yeah. And in some combination, there's prospects coming up through the system that could cover both center and first. You don't know which one of them is going to arrive first, which one of them is going to work out. Um, and the Cubs need left-handed pop in any case. query whether Bellinger still has left-handed pop. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he does. But if you sign him, you kind of have a lot of flexibility for Mervis to arrive sort of at his own pace um, and take over first at his own pace, maybe play some DH. Bellinger can play some DH if it's needed. Otherwise, you stick him in center where the Cubs don't really have a lot of options. Chris Murrell is, you know, I think he's a pretty big question mark. I think he's certainly going to have value in some capacity, role player in some capacity, whether he's like a blue chip surefire starter I, I don't think anyone could say that for sure yet mm-hmm. maybe um you know and at third base yes you also have Patrick wisdom it's just like a bunch of like mediocre options and the Cubs are gonna have to add two bats we hope one of them is the sh- one of the four shortstops but um, you still need to add another guy so that's why I like Brandon Nimmo because I think he's kind of fills the box that Bellinger might but just at one position but at a much higher level like a, mm-hmm. a much more certain level um, he's a legitimate second bat to add to the lineup And again, I feel like a lot of times we forget that the Cubs aren't just, if they add one bat, they've added zero bats because they've lost Contreras. So you need to add two bats so that you're replacing Contreras' production offensively and then adding another offensive weapon to the team and hope that anything that happens on the prospect side is gravy on top. That's got to be the part that, that'll be the difference between whether they win the division and go into the playoffs or, you know, end up in that 83, 84, 85 win range, which is, yeah. you know,
2: whatever, but certainly possible.
1: Yeah. Right. So I think you gotta hope that the prospects push you over the top and put yourself in a position to be at 85 from day one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, uh, I think Nimmo is a little bit more of a sure thing, yeah. but Bellinger is a cheaper route, gives you some flexibility. And if it allows you, if by signing Bellinger to a cheaper deal, allows you to go get Jacob deGrom, uh, and Senga or Carlos Rodan and Senga, okay, then we could talk about that. But it's got to be one or the other. They need to be adding multiple pieces on both sides of the baseball. Yeah.
2: And the knows maybe Bellinger,
3: I don't know, figures it out. Maybe that yeah, changes that's, scenery. That's what intrigues me so much about him. that He was so good Wasn't that first long three ago. years. The yeah. sample
0: size is just as big that he was great so, as like, it is. For so good he was, isn't even yeah. like putting it yeah, like like MVP fully. I MVP mean, caliber great. player. He <laughs> like, was the MVP. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and I read this. I don't even remember where it was now. So maybe I can, after the show, find the article and, and tweet it out so I'm not just – you know aping someone's point there was this deep dive on bellinger's um mechanics at the plate and how it, it wasn't the shoulder injury it was like his lower half and how he tweaked his swing just like slightly to take pressure off of his ankle and if his ankle is ankle is fully healed now and this sort of issue has been more correctly identified there's like a real chance that the the tweaks he made to his swing which reduced his uh, bat speed, and thus his power, his loft a little bit as well, could be corrected, and he could pretty quickly become himself again. He's only 27. Mm-hmm. Right. Is the then Cubs'
0: new hitting coach, was he there at the beginning of Bellinger's success? Well, or was, was he there for the switch? That's what I'm, I'm curious where that timeline lines years? up, because if he had success with him as an instructor – then I look at it and go, well, wait a minute. Now it makes him even more likely.
1: That's a really
3: good point.
0: Then the Cubs are looking at it and saying, like, we know how to fix him. We've got the guy, and we just made him our hitting yeah. coach.
3: Cool. Yeah. Well, because he's spent the last two years uh, Cubs minor league hitting coordinator. Yep. And I think the three or four years prior to that he was with L.A. Which is when he was hitting oh, and an MVP. yeah. yeah. You guys might have
1: just—you might have just stumbled onto something there.
0: (laughs) Anyway, uh, we're talking with Michael Cerami from Bleacher Nation. Uh, We'll get back to that in a second. Green Ridge Farm, a Chicago local meat and cheese company, offering you a better all-natural option. Makers of all-natural deli meat sausages, and their famous meat sticks. Perfect for tailgating happy hour and school lunches, these all-natural meat sticks are hardwood smoked for eight hours. 16 grams of protein per stick, making a perfect post-workout snack. Meat sticks come in chicken, black forest beef, flavors like jalapeno cheddar and spicy chili. If you haven't tried them, you don't know what you're missing. Delicious because they're made from recipes, generations in making and being all-natural. They deliver a fresh and flavorful alternative at snack time. You can always find them in the refrigerated section at Costco, Sam's Club, or your Chicagoland grocery stores. And right now, when you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com, include a pack of meat sticks in your cart. And those meat sticks are free simply by using the code CHGO at checkout. Green Ridge Farm, simply natural meat. And by the way, we will be serving Green Ridge Farm meat sticks and meat at our tailgate on Sunday. Yeah. By the way, you should come by for that. It's a great deal.
1: That sounds awesome. Yeah. 46
0: bucks, you'd be our guest. Bucks. All the food you can eat and drink. Um and watch the bear and or, meat,
2: sticks? Meat, meat
1: sticks.
0: Meat sticks, yeah. We're, yeah. we're yeah. gonna be grilling. Get yourself
2: ready for parking the over is available to hit for, for bears uh dolphins. Uh yeah, it's a it's a good time.
3: We had a great first tailgate. And if you you want to take the little guy to his first bears game. Yeah. You can, you can,
2: use, game you, you can use game time. Use
3: game time. Use game time. But you
0: don't have to, you could just come hang out because that, that's the uh that's where you have, as a parent with young child, that's where you know you have to be able to switch the plan, right? Yeah. <laughs> so game time gives you the chance, like, oh, I can, I can slip this, and now we could go to the game, or we could pack up, go home, and it's nap time. One. By the like, way, you... Sunday now, sixty five, no clouds, oh, that's beautiful Ooh, that's tailgate beautiful. weather. Oh, it's kind of Cody. Denver? How did
3: we get so lucky? Yeah, because
1: we had like it was like twenty five <laughs> degrees for like the first <laughs> yeah. yeah, that
3: sucked.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Well, again, come to the tailgate, and if you're on the fringe of buying tickets to go to the Bears game, if you download Game Time, it's the perfect app for that situation. Because if if say you just don't know, like just last second, right? And then then you're at the tailgate, you're you're vibing with everyone, and next thing you know, all your friends are like, "Let's just go to the game." Like, screw it. Well, Game Time is. And it perfect. for my
3: last, my the, the last time we did, had yeah. the Bears the Bears Texans game, like 30 minutes before right. kickoff bought tickets and and, and went over there yeah
2: game time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports concerts and shows ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could 50 yard line courtside behind home plate floor seats at a concert it's possible with the game time app the biggest last minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy you won't find a better deal The season on Bulls, Blackhawks, Bears Uh, tickets created by the fans for the fans guarantees the lowest price. If you love CHU, you'll love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description, uh, whether you're listening on the podcast feed or on YouTube. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and scored the best seats to all your favorite events. And again, I bought my tickets to Illinois Northwestern at the end of the month. Through game time, and I got them for less than thirty bucks. That was such a good deal that I didn't even want to wait. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting them now. Jumped on it. I, I jumped on it. Yeah, I go. mean, not that that game's going to be that, that big. And you know, if they do beat Michigan, they find a way to somehow beat Michigan. Maybe those tickets would go up. But I got them now.
3: i are talking about dreams on the show now. It's I am dreaming dreams. just a little bit. Don't <laughs> let me
2: talk myself into. Start it. with the Powerball. Work your way cover. down. <laughs> yeah. I'd be happy if they cover against Michigan. Honestly. <laughs> All right,
0: <laughs> uh, Mr. Cerami, uh, give me your wish list for shortstop possibilities for next year.
1: Yeah, so, okay, um, <laughs> no, 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 it's, I, I'm-, I'm, I'm uh, It's a loaded question. Yeah, no, 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 yeah, right, in, in, in a totally understandable way, yeah. Like I, I get it. So I think, are we saying that contract is included in this calculus? Let's say, let yeah. let's think about it that way. E- okay, everything,
0: like, and and whether or not someone's going to demand that they actually play short or do you leave me yep. go at short or
1: right? So, and, and the reason I asked that is because I, I've been kicking around this idea lately that for the price savings that you get from going from uh, Bogarts to Correa, you can go out and spend it on a pitcher and maybe you have Bogarts play third, which in my opinion is a pretty wide open spot for the Cubs. I know they have options, but I think mm-hmm. it's pretty wide open. So if, I think he'll be open to playing not short, and I think this satisfies a lot of Cubs fans by allowing Nico to stay at short. Mm-hmm. I think it provides a little bit more runway for Madrigal uh, at second, which I don't necessarily think is necessary um, or, or even certainly part of the plan, but it would be pretty foolish to completely give up on that project so early in the process because he's been hurt so much. Maybe he heals up. Maybe he hits better. I don't think I'm a believer, but I could see the whole picture working out in that sense. Otherwise, Correa is my top target. Um, but I get this nagging feeling that Turner is actually the best shortstop available this offseason. And, and I want to relate it to something that Cubs fans should remember. Back before the 2015 season, there was two pitchers available. This is going to – I'm going to make some enemies here. Um, <laughs> John Lester and Max Scherzer were both available, right? And at one point or another, the Cubs were actually connected to both of them, um, they, you know, they needed a big time arm. Mm-hmm. We're going to sign. We're going to spend some money. We're going to put, uh, you know, foot to the pedal, um, metal to the pedal, pedal to the metal. What does it <laughs> say? <laughs> and obviously, in retrospect, it seems a little bit more clear that the Epstein-Lester relationship drove that decision a little bit, but mm-hmm. they were interested in Max Scherzer. And at the time, the entire conversation was built upon this argument. Max Scherzer is going to be the better picture for, pitcher for the next three years and John Lester has more longevity. He's going to age more gracefully (laughs) in the weird sense. Lester fulfilled every possible dream we could have ever had for that free agent contract. And the Cubs won the world series. I don't want to change any history, but that was incorrect. Max Scherzer has been the better pitcher. Yeah. Period. Full stop.
3: Mm-hmm. And oh, don't like Corey. Listen, to I know, but <laughs> I, I, that's one of the people
1: I was thinking about. Uh, and so it's like you know, I love John Lester, maybe one of the greatest signings in Chicago sports history. Not, whatever. But I'm getting a similar vibe with Turner and Correa right now. Correa's younger, um, but Turner and Turner's a little bit older. Turner relies on his speed a little bit, but I think there's some arguments to be made that in the next two three years, Turner might be or at least I'm seeing these arguments, he might be the better guy in the next two, three years. But Correa is, you know, if you're going to sign that seven, eight-year deal. Go for Correa. And it's like, this reminds me of exactly that conversation. And mm-hmm. I don't want to fall into the same trap of thinking seven years ahead instead of the next three. And then mm-hmm. maybe that guy still ends up being good anyway because Scherzer was better in the short term and the long term. You know what I mean? So I understand when people say, Turner... That's that gnawing feeling I have in the back of my head. That's the thing that is the context surrounding it. But I still think Correa is the most likely target. We know the Cubs had interest in them in the past. Um, They reportedly made that offer or considered talking about maybe thinking about sending a text about an (laughs) offer before the lockout last year. I think that that's the way they're going to go, and I'd be perfectly happy with that. Um, Bogarts is, in my opinion, the way you go if you're going to try to save some money and spend it elsewhere, not Dansby Swanson. Um, who also is great, but i I'd rather Bogarts. Um, Turner, who will be the other more expensive one, is the guy that's just like, I wonder if we're going to let him get away. You
0: yeah. know? I just want to see him go with the player that's going to be the best for the next three years. Which I, I, Really, I, because I think some of the young guys might end up Christian pushing this player out yeah. eventually right. anyways. And, and you and might what, not right. be signing a seven-year guy. You might be right. signing him for that period of time, but you might end up trading them down the road anyways eventually. That, that's Who where knows? I kind of
3: fall on uh, on the same side with you because I think Correa, in, in that sense, is probably going to be the better player in the next three-ish years. I also, I don't know how well Trey Turner would, like, project to moving to third base, whereas Carlos Correa, I think, you know, the arm strength, the, the, the range, I think he has the ability to, in a couple years, you know, the, he, he's had some, some injury history. If that, for some reason, forces him off shortstop, I think he still projects as a really good third baseman. If, if, if in that case, and then you have other shortstop prospects who could come up or Nico could move back over, or however that ends up working out. I think Correa maybe project a little more as a guy that can move off the position uh, whenever it's needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like you said, I think short-term and long-term, he probably will just end up being the better player. He'll just cost more money.
0: Is, is the worst-case scenario for this offseason they don't get one of these shortstops? Absolutely, like you know what I mean. Yeah, like Bogart, yeah, I think it is. Bogart yeah. stays in Boston. Turner ends up staying in LA, and I, I, maybe maybe Swanson isn't the booby prize or whatever you want to call it. But like, never called anything that. If you get oh, Swanson,
1: it's at least not nothing. But if you miss, but it would be
0: a swing and a miss. I mean,
1: if they if they whiff on all four shortstops and then don't get Aaron Judge, that, that I mean, that's, that's yes. bad. I don't
0: have a problem with not getting a shortstop if you're getting Otani and or. Judge or in just one, just one of them. Not
1: going to no. That's what I'm, that's yet, what I'm saying. So the, now you yeah.
0: you have to get one of those four. Yep. So just yeah. know that you're going to overpay. And you're going to you're going to overpay. Well, and especially think now your competition. That
1: the competition. Dodgers are like, all of a sudden they're like in. They're, they 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 want to resign Turner. They don't think they can. If they can't get him, they're in on Correa. That sucks. And yeah. the Yankees apparently. Um, uh, if, they if they whiff on that, Judge, yeah. they're like they're also interested. That's in right? Out. For a second, it seemed like the Cubs were going to have that rare offseason where they did, the Mets have Lindor, they're not going to be in they had no any, competition.
3: You know? right. The Rangers signed reason. two short got stops,
1: Uh last off. Yeah. but now there's competition. Yeah. yeah, so I'm a little worried. I,
3: I am. I just
0: I just think they, except the fact now that whatever this contract it is, it's probably not going to be worth it. Like I'm not saying, okay, winning the World Series would be worth it. But financially, when you look at numbers, you're like, wow, they paid too much for that. Like, it probably is going to be financially more than you would want to spend out of your own pocket. Just know they're going to have to overspend. That's yeah. where yeah. they're at right now. That's what it seems you're like. You're going to have to make a Soriano-type offer to somebody, and you may look at it at the end and go, "Ah, it wasn't totally worth it. Right. But that's okay. But, but see, all that's all like a great – like, like,
1: if like, it ends up as Soriano – that's okay. Yes. It's, it's that it's gotta be not Hayward. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think we all collectively kind of, you know, got a little gun shy on, on, on these deals because that worked out about as awfully as it could have ever worked mm-hmm. out. Cause even some of like the bad case, long-term big contracts, the guy has two or three good years or one or two good years. And then he falls off. Hayward had zero good years. Right. The whole time. Bellinger,
2: so like, Bellinger, Bellinger could be that guy, the, though. Based off what he was getting paid. Yeah. Based off what
1: he was getting paid. Right. You're right. Yeah.
0: Going into it, you could know that Bellinger might be that guy, but for less money.
1: Yeah. But way less, right? Yeah. Way, yeah, way yeah, much, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Way
0: less money, but a, defensively a good guy.
1: Yeah. And he's still a lottery ticket. I love lottery ticket players. Um, I don't like dumpster diving. I think there's a very fine line there, and you could, you could sway too far one way than the other. But a guy who has a chance to recapture something and then be – something greater than what you signed him for Tyler Chatwood I understood that swing I mean when you saw him pitch the few times he was successful you were like ah geez I mean there's obviously a really good pitcher in here never worked out but I way rather try on guys like that over and over than sign far like like Jake Arrieta in 2021 like that was like what this isn't gonna this is mm-hmm. never going to work again. This like is medium floor yeah. low ceiling. It, 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 floor floor the problem ceiling, was they kept
0: trying and trying over and over with the same guy. Yeah, yeah. you can't yeah. run into a wall seventy times before you realize that didn't work. They've
2: right. they've done well at like finding like those types of lottery tickets though. Not not it hasn't gotten them the ceiling of a Jake Arrieta, which mm-hmm. is very rare in general. But like, I don't think anyone thought David Robinson was going to be anything, and he got you the Phillies' top pitching prospect, right? And like, you that know, was a home run. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, and like, there Even were Givens. Yeah. <laughs> like, Givens. And like, I just feel like the, it hasn't been to the level of like Arietta that trade, but like, just dudes that they brought in that they were able to flip to get really significant value for with a lot of potential. Again, potential. That's what you're looking at. But yeah, I mean, Bellinger, it, it just makes a lot of sense for defense. And then like, if that change of scenery always ha- is something like if he could just, I'm not even asking for a seven war player. I'm asking for like, if he can give you like a, like a four war, like if, if that, if it turns that's into right. that, like was three <laughs> yeah, yeah like a three like right, or a four yeah. war, like for that, for like, I, I think that would be like a, an absolute steal for the Cubs and uh, for, for whether they're going into next year, the, the quote unquote expectations. So,
3: yeah, I, I want to go back to one of these comments uh, and this more has to do with the shortstops than Cody Bellinger. Um, Chris asks, uh, if slash when the Cubs sign one of Correa-Turner-Bogarts, does Nico go to second base? If so, what happens to Madrigal?
1: Yeah, so th- um, Chris Finisi is uh, actually a friend of mine. That's pretty oh, funny. Thanks um, <laughs> uh, nice for joining us, Chris. Yeah. Welcome. Uh, welcome. He uh, s- asks a good question. I think he's asked me this at a bar a couple times too. So <laughs> um, I think that this is kind of what um animates – the thoughts I had about Bogarts because you could sign Bogarts to be your third baseman and go Bogarts, Nico, magical, Mervis, whoever at right. first base, whatever. Um, and the fit is kind of there. And again, you're saving money theoretically to immediately deploy elsewhere on the roster. But that's kind of the only way I want to go about that. The other side is a little bit more complicated because Nico's probably not a third baseman. His arm this year was better than we think. I think I thought it was going to be, but it's not, a, he's not a third baseman. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and uh, Correa is almost certainly signing to be a shortstop. Uh, Trey Turner is almost cer- certainly signing to be a shortstop. So I don't know what to do with Madrigal because, yes, Nico is the second baseman then. Um, not only is he better offensively, a leader, might soon to be extended, so much more value. Yeah. He's also a elite defensive shortstop gold glove finalist a couple of years at second base a couple of years ago and should have been uh, a shortstop gold glove finalist this year. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, um, should have
2: been. Yeah, should have <laughs> been. Emphasize
1: um, And so if you have Correa and Nico up the middle, it outweighs the potential impact of uh, Madrigal, even if things click. But at the same time, Nico and Correa both have injuries in their past. Um, there's a DH available that the mm-hmm. Cubs don't have committed to a certain spot right now. They could move maybe guys to third base on occasion there might and, – and, excuse me, and Madrigal has had tons of injuries. So it's one of those things where if you could get Correa and you know Nico's cool with moving to second, you get Correa and worry about the rest later. Yeah. These things have a tendency to figure themselves out. Um, so I say, yes, Madrigal gets pushed out, but I guarantee he still ends up with 400 plate appearances one way or another.
3: Yeah, it's going to have to be a, a – a, especially if, you know, again, he's a he's the guy they wanted in return for Craig Kimbrell. When he was at his peak at, in a Cubs uniform, um, so they obviously believed in him for some you know, for something, mm-hmm. um, and I think they still do. Uh, injuries have derailed the beginning of his Cubs career, and that you know that sucks. But I think they do still believe in him. So there has to be a scenario where if they do get Correa or Turner, whoever it is, and I, I would probably agree that Nego moves over to second. I know he's uh, uh, open to that, uh, but it's uh, this isn't a, a, the baseball time in baseball when guys play one sixty two anymore. No. There's always going to be games where they're going to give Nico a day off. They're going to give whoever that shortstop is a day off. Whoever might be their main DH is going to get the day off. Like there, there's going mm-hmm. to be the ability to get Nick, uh, Nick Madrigal into the lineup some way or another, whether it's at second base when Nico needs a day off, or at second base when Nico moves the shortstop because whoever it is is a day off. Or they're just like, you know what, we need some contact. Put him at DH. Yeah. That there, there's there's going to be available. So I agree. Like 400 plate appearances uh, in that in that situation, that rotation is still a, a good scenario for, for Nick, especially coming off how injury-riddled this last season was and then, you know, 2021, 20, the, the hamstring. And
1: I, I want to actually, you just reminded me of something. I, it doesn't even have to be reactive. Um, Yeah, Correa, Madrigal, and Nico all have injuries, so there will be opportunities yeah. for all three of them to play. But also, the Cubs can start, they can take a lesson out of their own playbook from last year with K- Contreras and how much more they rested him early on and how much immediate uh value that provided him offensively. If you sign Correa and you extend Nico, you might want to start thinking longer term with their bodies, their health, their longevity, and you might start scheduling their rest more frequently and consistently. And that would give the Cubs the the simultaneous benefit of introducing Madrigal only in situations that are beneficial or advantageous for him because he's gotten off to a slower yeah. start. So, if it kind of allows you to kill three birds with one stone, yeah. then it makes a ton of sense. And in fact, I I think as I'm talking as I heard you go through that thought process, it's like that might be the exact plan. Yeah, that, that that actually makes a lot of sense to me. And,
3: and then that pops in my head is like, why can't Nico get a day at DH? <laughs> why can't Carlos Craig get yeah. a day at DH? Even if they're not it's hurt. Of course. Just go <laughs> put their bad idea- – get them off their feet like they did with Wilson a lot this mm-hmm. year. Let them hit. You still have Morell that could play both positions. Yeah, that too. Like, and, a lot and again,
1: of Contreras is gone, and there is not going to be – I'm pretty confident um, that he's not coming back. So until the Cubs – you know, if that, unless they end up getting Jose Abreu or something, there is no DH. Yeah. How are you
0: getting it, Bats, for McKinstry, though? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> at first, uh, I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's so. Uh, hey, Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite teams, so get fitted out in the best sports gear around. Foco has you covered from Soldier Field to the living room, north side, south side, hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, everything in between. Get decked out like Damar with apparel from the leader in sports merch and collectibles, Foco. Looking for that perfect gift for the football fan in your life? FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. Check out FOCO.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off.
2: Yeah, so we talked about the tailgate earlier, right? Mm-hmm. And so at the tailgate, we're going to have these awesome bag sets uh, that were made by Chi-Town Custom Corn- Cornhole. And uh, they're the best, guys. Uh, I like looking at them just set up here in our office. They're Uh, like art. Yeah. leaned up against the
0: wall. They're art.
2: Yeah. Hashtag art. Uh, (laughs) Chi-Town Custom Cornhole, the number one cornhole provider for Chicagoland and Illinois since 2007. Our signature box style design can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl, and painted. Our cornhole boards come with built-in drink holders, even recessed in on the back LEDs that light up on the hole and exterior handles for easy carrying and handcrafted scorekeepers veteran owned and operated. We ship, we can ship anywhere and offer local pickups specializing in corporate designs for your company's next marketing or social event, wedding gifts and gifts for all occasions. And especially for tailgaters and backyard barbecues, check out their website, shytowncornhole.com and make sure you follow them on instagram at shytown custom cornhole boards because apparently their account got hacked so they had to create a new one so yeah, yeah. nice uh, so you know, some jerk go out follow there. them yeah they're great i love i love the the bag sets
0: tickets for the tailgate all chgo.com by the way and i just checked my phone again upgraded. It's gone from 64 in sunny now 65 in sunny. Oh buddy. It's getting better it's better be by the minute as we go on with the podcast. It's going to be like 80 by the time yeah, it's it I mean, Sunday. We'll oh, be no. in flip-flops and shorts yeah. by the time it gets going. That's so
2: we have brought up Contreras kind of. And I'm just curious cuz like he's it's it's been a it's been talked about at ends. Like I'm over talking about Wilson Contreras yet here I am bringing Can it up. Yeah, they even say
3: here bringing it up though.
2: But like <laughs> where 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 are you just based off your emotions, like on like him being a cub or not for next year, like, are you okay if that he's on, like it looks like he's going to be gone unless he takes that qualifying offer. Um, like just from the fan side, I guess, like where do you think that it's the right or wrong move that they're doing with what it seems like it's going to be?
1: I think, I think a lot of Cubs or fans will feel the way I feel about this. Um, Asked me that a year and a half ago, lose my mind. Asked me that <laughs> after trade deadline 2021, what else is new? Yeah, We already lost Rizzo, Baez, and Bryant, and everyone can rate those guys in different ways. I think Baez is probably my favorite Cub to watch in forever. They have never had a guy that cool. They haven't. He's the coolest Cub, that, in my opinion, that I've mm-hmm. ever watched. Um, but Rizzo, in terms of that emotional connection to the team, was like, if you can trade Rizzo, then you could trade Contreras. Mm. Um, or, excuse me, let him walk in this case, you know. Mm. Um, I th- would love the Cubs to get Contreras back. Frankly, I would love if Contreras accepted the one-year qualifying offer of $19 million because I think there would be some unique value in having him just next year for just that amount where he can play primarily DH, um, catch as needed, but maybe a little bit less mm. so that his bat plays even more. And so on. I think that would be great, but I don't think he's going to accept it. I also think that by rejecting it and attaching himself to draft pick compensation, he's going to find a very tough market out there. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's some version of this where it's January, February, and the market's coming to a close and he returns to the Cubs on something of an undermarket deal um, for two or three years. And everyone's a little bit happier about it, but knowing what he's looking for, which is something north of what Yasmani Grandal got but south of what JT Realmuto got so you know between 80 and 115 i think it'll be closer i think his realistic ask should be closer to 80 but he had such a great year um i think it's just the the cubs are not interested in that mm-hmm. i think he's not coming back i think we have to be okay with that i think that they have decided philosophically mm-hmm. organizationally that mm-hmm. that is not the type of catcher that they want there's arguments you know for and against that but i've come to terms with like it, it might not even be about the money anymore it might it might not have any that might not play any role in it they don't want to catcher like that I think they would rather have Tucker Barnhart in free agency to pair with John Gomes or Omar Narvaez or Christian Vasquez or trade mm-hmm. for one of those Blue Jays catchers they have like three of them that are young and all of them are awesome yeah. um, I just don't think the Cubs are interested in a bat mm-hmm. first catcher and that kind of sucks um, because I love Contreras. There's no arguing with how hard he plays, but it just it seems like it's over to me. It seems mm-hmm. like it's very much over. And, unfortunately, I think he's got a tough winter ahead of him if the trade deadline and his qualifying offer and he have any you know, impact on that's, that.
2: That's kind of like where I lean. And it, it's wild. I never thought that my, my view on Contreras' future with the Cubs would significantly change because when we launched back in March <laughs> and April Fools came this around and Luke – Literally tricked me into thinking oh, yeah. that the Cubs had traded him to the Yankees for Broke three no name
0: prospects.
2: Right. He lost his to, mind to that, from his face. from oh, that grain in my mind. moment to like now where I feel like it's like it will suck because of the emotional side, but from a pure baseball perspective, like I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. I just never thought that I would feel that way. And a lot of what you just said is kind of why. Cause like I just don't think that any team is going to give him what he, what he wants. And like I've said on this podcast, if the Cardinals actually do that, I will laugh. I won't be – I mean, I'll be, it'll suck oh, to see yeah, him I in Cardinal Red. <laughs> it, would, it would suck to see him in Cardinal Red, but I just – that would not be a Cardinals move. That is not something that that organization does in giving that kind oh. of contract to someone like Contreras. So that's I mean? why you would laugh. I but would think it would be would a very be bad a move for guy. them long-term. Yeah. I, I do think it would be. No,
1: you know if they signed him, he would immediately become yes. the greatest framer in the history of baseball. <laughs> You're right. He, all of a yeah. sudden, all the pitchers are like, man, I couldn't do it without Contreras. Yeah. Um, I actually, I, you just reminded me. I, I forgot about that. That is the one outcome that will truly make me enraged, inane, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it would suck. Uh, that would suck. And yeah. just for whatever it's worth – um, they, uh Derek Gould, I think it was him on the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, just wrote this whole giant article. He's like a big, pretty big Cardinals voice down there right. about um, why the Cardinals need to pursue Contreras this offseason and laid it all out. <laughs> and I, was, I, I wrote it up, and, and at the end there was like this one line about how with bases expanding um, a little bit and also pickoff attempts being limited, oh, yeah. there's going to be a little bit more value on catchers that can throw well, which is the one thing that Contreras absolutely can do. Yeah, it's the one and thing, it's yeah. like again, holy crap, are we about to miss like <laughs> it's going to be one of those things where the Cardinals just completely knock it out of the park like getting the Rockies to pay them to take Nolan Arenado yeah, right. and convincing him that he doesn't have to opt out for more money because they did right by him or something stupid.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, if they get him for pennies, it'll hurt. Yeah. Yeah. They signed him to a huge deal. doesn't hurt as much.
2: No, yeah. If, like, like they don't I, do that. No. Right. And that's why I don't – like, everyone keeps saying that it's going to happen. And, like, it just doesn't seem like a move that the Cardinals, first off, even need to do. Like, they can do exactly what the Cubs are probably going to do and just get a defensive catcher. They had one of the most <laughs> overrated players in the last two decades doing it. Why not just pick up some rando on the street and do that? But, like, they already have the offense. They need some pitching man cuz they can't rely on flatter anymore to be that number one guy. Like to me, it would be a, it would be a surprising move for what I have grown to know what that organization does. Like that and it's weird to say that they need to get pitching because I feel like they've always been well at developing their own pitchers, right? But to me like they just don't have that number one guy and like that if if they're going to spend money, I think that they should be doing they should be doing that. And, because, like, they, I think their offense – like, I'm jealous of the offense as, as much as it, it well, sucks to watch. Yeah. But, like, to, to have what they have on, position player-wise already, like, I think them adding Contreras is just, like, cool. Like, their offense would be great. But, like, I don't feel like it feels – it doesn't move the needle for them going into, like, World Series contenders.
1: Yeah. Well, and you know what drives me nuts along with what you are just saying about their offense is, like, Goldschmidt and Arenado were both available in trade and willing to extend yeah. or alter their contracts – for pretty reasonable prices yep. and the trade returns were both pretty Awful. insignificant in yeah. both respects. And it's like Cubs could use a first baseman and a third baseman no. right now and last yeah. year. And like, I don't know, the Cardinals, I'm, I'm, I'm routinely impressed by, I'm routinely impressed by their ability to trade for and extend uh, superstars. That seems to be their MO. That's where they spend their money. Mm-hmm. They've tried to get into free agency Um, But it usually just doesn't work out. And then there was another deal. Remember, they they traded for Giancarlo Stanton, and he just rejected it. There's no trade clause. That was another one of those. I forgot about that. Um, So they that's like their under-the-market competitive advantage. It's like you trade for these stars, and then somehow with the prospects you have left, then you extend them. And it's like the Cubs have not had a a big win long-term trade like that in a while, it feels like. And uh, they're going to have to figure out how to do that because that's Mm – you know, there's international free agency, the draft, there's regular free agency, but trades are a big part of player acquisition and the Cubs have not had a lot of success on that front in a while.
3: As far as like major league talent. because Yeah, it feels yeah, yeah, so like, like they've right, done right, well right, with right, right, prospects no, lately. No, no. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. I just mean like, big, when like you, a big leaguer. Like they traded the first time they traded for Fowler and they signed him the second. Yeah. Miguel Montero was another guy. Yeah. They trade, traded for, trade him. Those were huge additions, right? To the team and they were big league ready right away, helped the Cubs mm-hmm. get to the playoffs. The Cubs haven't had one of those guys. Maybe they tried it with Madrigal, but it didn't work. You know, like yeah. They got to win some of these trades. Where um, It's not just about trading prospects for big leaguers, um, and especially not just about trading pro- prospects for big leaguers at the deadline. It's off-season trades that you could build around and coordinate the rest of your plans with around those deals. And I, frankly, think that a successful off-season is going to be, is only going to be uh, achievable if they also get one of those big trades done. Mm-hmm. There's going to spend in free agency, but they need a trade. It's got to happen somewhere. I don't know what it is yet. I, I really don't. Shane um, Beaver. I, I, yeah. And mm-hmm. I think –
0: Yeah, I mean, that's one name, Jane right? Shane Bieber but is the it, guy. I was going to say, we're up against it time-wise, but, like, we've all heard the names. Judge, Shohei, uh, uh, Turner, Bogarts, all those guys. If If there's one other player that – we haven't thought of that would be a good fit. You mentioned Nimmo. Like, who? who's the one other guy? Who's the surprise guy that we might see they, them trade for oh. and or?
1: I got a name. Uh, free agency, though, not yeah. a trade. Uh, uh, Josh Bell.
3: I've seen that. Yeah. I've Josh seen that. Bell, I'd be okay uh, with that.
1: I think he would be a great fit. I think he's pretty interesting. Um, he had a slow finish end of the year with the Padres, and I think that um, there's some reluctance I think it was Keith Law was saying, that, um, reporting some you know reluctance from the Padres to uh, re-sign him, but they have some space at first base open. Well, Myers is finally a free agent. Um, Josh Bell will be gone. They might go and target someone like Jose Abreu, and Josh Bell might kind of just be lingering out there. And I actually think that that's the type of guy the Cubs can go get as their secondary bat and be like, yep, this is a legitimate, big league caliber bat that we're adding into the lineup, and you know what you're getting more or less out of him. Um, it's not that he's not, he, you know, he could be streaky, but he's a good hitter, you know, mm-hmm. um, and he's a major league hitter. And, I think and he's that left-handed. He's a, yep, and I think he's the kind of guy that can uh, can really add a lot and no one's really talking about that
2: much. Yeah, I, I find that interesting because, like, everyone is just kind of locking in Matt Mervison at first opening day and, like, the way that he's playing at the AFL, it's, I'm, I'm starting to feel that way too, but, like, I just don't feel like the Cubs are going to do that. I feel like they're going to – send him start him in in iowa unless he just has an insane spring right like which i I could clearly see it happening like so i but either way you can't bank on him just being that great his rookie year in the majors uh it would depend on like where the like where the team is like I've talked about before how when Rizzo came up, like the Cubs were in a full on, like you knew it was going to be at least a three years rebuilt. So that gave him time to kind of adjust and like get better on the fly on, at the major league level. Well, if the Cubs are in a complete different situation now. And it's like, you, you got to add some major league talent and you can't just rely on your prospects. And if you're going to call up your prospects, you have to, you know, kind of groom them in there, you know what I better mean, work out like yeah. quickly. Yeah. Better like, unless like, like, listen, like, unless you had like a, top-tier blue chip like a Chris Bryant who you can right. just come in and totally. plug in. And which, the Cubs don't. when they, right? And they just don't. At least it, it, projections don't look no, like it right, right now, right? So, like, it is interesting, like, if you were to get a bell but also have Mervis and having two power lefty bats when they need power lefty bats. So, that's why uh, – the Abreu thing is interesting. You could platoon better because he's a right-handed hitter. But having two lefties, you can just mer- put Mervis in DH every day if you want to give him that and give him that opportunity right away uh, every day at bats. But um, hold it's, on. it's inter- I'm pulling it's up something
1: here, too, because, yep, I thought so. So um, Josh Powell's a switch hitter. Uh, and is he a switch hitter? Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. But even setting well, that, no, that makes aside. Me so feel he, even better. He, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but not only – so obviously Mervis lefty um, – I wanted to make sure that these numbers are right but he's been better against fellow lefties so as a righty the last two years josh bell has okay. so he fits in with mervis even better right and because you can sort of yeah. ease mervis into that role because again i mean are we all losing our minds that we think mervis is just definitely going to be good like he's awesome he's mm-hmm. had an insane year i love him i think he's probably going to be good but to say like He's definitely going to be no. good, and next year is yeah. insane. I mean, no. it's we've we all watch baseball, right? Like it's hard. The best players on the planet struggle for whole years at a time, let alone breaking into the big leagues for the first time. And you know, I don't think that Mike Trout got demoted. Yeah, there you go. Anthony Rizzo, terrible first you know yeah. uh, season with the Padres. Like he <laughs> didn't right. have
3: got demoted, and now he's gonna win the, globe, go, the right. Gold right. Glove. In like an hour. Right, oh, it all right. comes right. around. There we go. Right. So,
1: so anyway, I just think that Josh Bell could be one of those guys that fits with him. And immediately impacts yeah. the lineup.
2: I didn't know he's a switch hitter, so that actually just and now I feel dumb for talking. So, no, anyway. no, I, I had to Google it because I was like, "Wait a minute, is <laughs> there he?" You go. But yeah, yeah. no, uh, yeah, so. that, you, they definitely have to have another guy with Mervis. Yeah. There's no way you can go into next season with just Mervis and. Uh, you wisdom. forgot
0: the D. I just gave Rivas on his report card. Hey, this has been fun. Thanks for coming by. Really appreciate. it. We stop by again.
1: I would love to. That was a a blast. Uh,
0: Michael Cerami from Chicago. He's got to get in. That's true. At Bleacher Nation,
1: behind him, like uh, (laughs) peek (laughs) over the wall.
0: (laughs) (laughs) At Bleacher Nation, Michael underscore Cerami, C E R A M I. Anything else you want to promote, real quick? No, no. (laughs) (laughs) We just hope you'll do it again. Uh, And thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings Americas top rated sports book until Wednesday when Patrick Mooney from The Athletic will join us. We'll see you then. Fly the W.
2: I usually dab.